Hey, listen to Commander Who Coat Podcast, episode 182. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're going to continue the arc of the good vibes by talking about a deck with a storybook ending now. Hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? A whole ton is going down, starting off with us being in the same place at the same time for the second time in a row. That's pretty cool. Yes. I think that that in and of itself is almost its own good vibe. I agree. It's a symbol of of things to come. It's a signal that things are kind of getting back more to normal. Speaking of back to normal, we're still doing the Arc of the Good Vibes. We're talking about a patron-submitted deck that's very cool and runs on a card that I thought would never be run in a serious fashion by anybody, anytime, anywhere, ever. we got some patrons to thank. we got some other news to go over. But before we do any of that, we have to thank our official sponsors, FaceToFaceGames.com. They're Canada's biggest magic store. Very much so. And they, too, are getting back to normal a little bit. Yes, we have orders in the mail. We got decks to upgrade. I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, we, you know what? Cats out of the bag based on the pre-show yesterday on YouTube. We are doing a bonus show this week, so tune in tomorrow wherever you find your podcasts. Agreed. Today, though, you said we're running a card that you thought would never be run. I actually considered running this card when Eldraine was printed in my five-color Lands Child of Alara deck. And that card, if anybody guessed, is Happily Ever, Ever After. After. Yeah, I'll, I'll read Whoa. it. It's, it's not the commander, but it's basically the commander, I suppose. It's a enchantment for white and two. When it comes into play, each player gains five life and draws a card. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are five colors among permanents you control, there are six or more card types among permanents you control and or cards in your graveyard, and your life is greater than or equal to your starting life total, you win the game. It's fixed and shittier coalition victory. Yeah. Yes, on both regards. Easier to cast, but harder to win. Yes. Right? And because coalition, coalition victory is banned, we can't even use that as one of our five-color permanents. <laughs> <laughs> uh, qu- quick hit. Coalition victory. Ban-worthy or no? I think when Commander started, I think yes. But I don't think so anymore. Just like Biorhythm. I think Biorhythm should be put back into circulation just because I don't... I think that the formats have evolved to a point where the format can deal with it at almost every level. I agree with the Coalition Victory part of that statement. Biorhythm is tricky. Biorhythm is trickier, but I I think that they could look at unbanning it. I I think so. You know what? This would be maybe a good topic for tomorrow, but since we're talking about it right now what happens if you know you draw the fast half of your green elf deck and you buy a rhythm on maybe turn two when the person to your left and right just did like turn get this players two three and four all go land soul ring mana crypt signet but you go turn to biorhythm they all die because you have like a lanamore elf right the the best start by three players in the in the format and they lose still that's why biorhythm's banned because you can still have the best start in the format and still lose if you got if your opponent if you have the best start in the format and your opponent has 10 mana he had a better start than you <laughs> and the odds is are the, not 10 mana is it it's eight is it eight? It's eight, yeah. Like, it's lots. And if you have that kind of mana on turn two, three, there's probably something else that you could play to just win the game. Yeah. At I that s- point. I suppose infinite mana combos do exist sub eight mana. And Flash was certainly sub eight mana. It, yeah. it just got banned. But it was letting you do a seven mana thing a la Protean Hulk that could happen as early as turn one. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm not saying unbanned biorhythm, but yeah. I think that it's something that you can have a conversation about, or like even if you're just going to play casually where you don't worry about it. I think if your buddy's like, hey, I want to try biorhythm in the deck, I, I think that there's a conversation to be had and an argument to be made where it's not as degenerate as it was back in the day when like a Crawworm Tribal was a deck. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I think that the format's kind of evolved whether we like it or not beyond the point where 
casual biorhythm on turn 12 is unacceptable. Yeah, agreed on that part for sure. And the form, the the examples that we were just talking about, Flash, Protean Hulk, Mana Crypts and stuff, that does tend to make our brains go towards the CEDH end of the spectrum where I don't think biorhythm has a place. But if it did, and that was a thing that people were doing like Protean Hulk, that's the thing that they were doing with Flash. Yeah. It would make free counter spells better and it would make the format maybe skew a little bit more to blue if stuff like Biorhythm or like the one that sets everybody's life total to one and destroys everything, Worldfire. Worldfire, yeah. If something like that and Biorhythm were taken off the ban list, it would make the the seven, eight, nine, ten power level decks skew towards blue a little bit more for those free counter spells, which is something that I don't think anybody really wants when no. we're complaining about like red and blue or red and white not having game at those higher tier levels. Which is horse shit. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, uh, it's you know what? Fine. I jam mono red and a red including deck in my competitive decks fucking all day. Yeah, my CDH deck is, is red, has red in it. I don't know and if we win very often. <laughs> <laughs> I've played one game of CDH with my CDH deck, and I won. Oh, yeah? just Because you stacked them. Yeah, I did. Yeah, oh, that, you yeah, know what? Right, I did. It's not red, Brando. It's stacks. <laughs> it's just a bunch of artifacts, and you're like, take one, take one, take one, take one, 120 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's red green stacks and it's take six take six take six way less than 120 oh, that's times. good that's good i like it i'm such a scumbag did I'm you say well did you say welcome to cco nation i sure did excellent speaking of welcome to cco nation we've got oh. we've got some new patrons to thank king of the Segway. yeah there it is so big shout out thank you and f you to new patrons first patron wayne s Wayne's what? Just Wayne S. It's like Wayne's... Wayne's what? Like Wayne's world? I think he's waning. I think he's dropping in strength. Like I think we're destroying an artifact or enchantment he controls. <laughs> <laughs> like he dropped in strength as he was saying his name. He's like, yeah, my name is Wayne. <laughs> yeah, my name is Wayne, whatever. <laughs> so we call him Waning Wayne or Wayne Campbell? Well, I don't know who Wayne Campbell is. Movie reference? Oh my God. Movie reference. CCO Nation, your boy Ryan, the president of CCO Nation, has never seen Wayne's World. Oh, yes, I have. I didn't know that was his last name. Oh, my God. Good. You, I almost, <laughs> I had a stroke just then. Have you seen my hair and the hat I wear? I Yes, it's very <laughs> Wayne's World. And Mike Myers is Canadian, too. It's Maybe that's where I got my look. I've seen <laughs> Wayne's World. Okay, good. Good God, man. I got in trouble in, in grade nine for my teacher from doing too many Wayne's World quotes. Oh, yes. That makes me happy. See, okay. you, you full circle. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Like, <laughs> oh, I felt like Elmo with the flames behind me. Like, oh, this is fine. And then you brought me right back around to like, this is actually fine now. Okay, good. Okay. So, <laughs> Jesus. Wayne, Wayne, whatever. Yeah, Wayne Campbell or Waiting Wayne. Take yeah, your pick. Thank you and F you. Agreed. Next shout out, Leon Richardson. And get, a- and get this. This is, this is a little... Th- internal argument i've been having with myself okay so when i when i just have a generic guy name like some fucking guy across the road that i just fucking hate him that guy in my head his name is fucking steve every time but we have a friend named steve so i can't Mm. use steve as my generic just guy name right i think i might change it to leon to leon hey yeah huh like that guy over there he's Chewing too loud or something, right? So should we call him, like, Leon Stevenson? Just to cover our bases? Yeah, just to make sure we hit all the bases? <laughs> how, about, how about Steve Leonson? <laughs> yeah, there we go. There it is. If we're going to do a real, let's go to, do a name. Let's butcher it. Let's just take it yeah. to fucking the butcher shop. Yeah, let's cut its arms and legs off and switch the places. S- tumble it in that giant hair incinerator so they don't. What is that? Yeah, I used to work with a guy who worked at an industrial meat packing plant, and he oh. the stuff that he told me. Yeah, dude, I worked at one of those for two weeks, and I that was, was enough. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Not for me. He said that it didn't stink half as bad as the dog food plant that he also worked at. Ooh, interesting character. Yeah, that's that's like a. I would think after you worked at a food plant of any kind and you decided to make a move out of there, I would think a return to any sort of food plant would be, especially if it's food. Like made out of 
the refuse from our other food. Yeah. Like dog food is like made from real fucking chicken. Yeah, what part of the chicken? Yeah. Right? Like assholes in their lips. I didn't yeah. know chickens had lips until I looked at what it was in dog food. Yeah. Chicken lips, number one ingredient. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leon, big thank you. We appreciate the support from everybody. The nickname is one of the benefits. It's the ones that I think everybody wants. We don't know why, but they- Yeah, I have no idea why they want them, but they do. They use them on Discord. And of course, watch your emails because I send everybody a thank you. And I ask you if you want maybe like a Brando altar or some stickers or maybe an altar discount from myself. Speaking of that, I have a request of the niche, either local or who are interested. Um, in every commander deck that came out this year, and I want yours too, mm -hmm. no, no talkies, backsies, there is a white card- with nothing on either side. And I want them. I want all of them. Are you sure those weren't like just misprinted? No, they're in every deck. What? I got one in every commander deck. It's, I don't know if it's to protect the foil on the top of something. I don't know what they're for. And if I'm the only one that got them, cool. they are up for auction on eBay <laughs> later. They're actually not worth that much. If it if it's just like a white blank with a black border insert. Oh, there's no black. It's just... It's just White. It's oh. white on both sides. That's weird. Yeah, and I, I just, I want them because I thought maybe if people had CCO altars that were either too hard to do with markers because the pictures on all of them are too dark, yeah. then I could just draw my own. Oh, yeah. So those are cool, but I only have five of them. So if anybody has something they would like to donate to the cause, I will, I will certainly take them and draw something terrible on them that's in the back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sure. Well, get at at CCO Brando and at CCO Podcast with your your alter suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. Your alter persuasions too. I don't know what that means. Yeah. But... I'm, not, I'm. I'm. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Whatever. We're not going to Google it though. No. Because I don't Google anything we say, ever. Oh. Like even when I ask people questions at really? work, it's like, hey, what about this? Are things upside down in space? And they're like, well, you should Google it. No, I will absolutely not <laughs> Google anything about space or upside down because I know where that's going to go and I don't want to go there. <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about a deck? I suppose. Now, just bear with us. We did this back in episode 168 ish. Ish, yeah. Ish. This is a Golos Tireless Pilgrim deck. So if anybody doesn't know, we'll give it a quick read and probably not talk about it ever again. Mostly. It it makes it so we can run a, a more budget five color mana base because he searches for a land when he enters a battlefield, right? Three, yeah. three, scout, three, five, scout for five, enters, finds you a land, pay Wubergen to reveal the top three cards of your library. You can cast one of them without paying its mana cost. He gets you land and he lets you play shit for free. Never underestimate the power of just playing shit for free. Besides the seven mana you have to play. Well, yeah, but in some cases, paying seven is a lot less than paying for what the cards are. Yeah. While I agree, um, I don't think it's this deck that no. applies very heavily. <laughs> Not, but I mean, it could. I can definitely think of one situation right now looking at some cards where if you were really, really lucky, I'd pay the seven all day. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And you, you, you can too. So should we talk about some of the stuff in the deck? Yes. <laughs> Where should we start? This is an architect list, handily organized into custom categories. Praise the Lord. Yeah, those really do help with decks, like, especially like this, where the things are <laughs> yeah, a little... We have no fucking idea what's happening. Oh, yeah. If I was looking at this as just a deck, I would be just lost. Hell, I'm looking at it with custom categories, and I had to go over it three or four times. I had to get Kyla to help me. Oh, yeah? And she was like, Brando, I don't know anything about magic. Why are you asking me for help? <laughs> To like, to the yeah. oh yes the. yes I I understand I get it is there a fox that flies no I'm not interested Brando leave me alone that's the conversation that we had <laughs> oh, specifically it ended with leave me alone yes <laughs> get out of my life <laughs> all right so let's let's go to the do it again section sure let's let's just try that I think this will be fun okay we're gonna start at the bottom because that's how I like to work with architect we're gonna start with skybind. Sure. That is an enchantment for white, white, three. Constellation. Okay, sure. That means it's going to trigger whenever itself or another enchantment enters the battlefield. When it does, you exile target non-enchantment permanent, and you return it when sky, or you return it at the end of the end step, beginning of the end step. Fuck, I butchered that. We got it, though. Yes. It, it blinks something until end of turn when you play an enchantment. Slow blink. Yes. Okay. Slink. 
Yo, I love it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Salvager of Secrets. Two, two for five? What the fuck? All right. This you better say discard your hand on it. Well, well, and then a period. And then some flavor text. <laughs> <laughs> two, two for five? When it enters the battlefield, return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. There we go. Why aren't we playing our Kaomancer? Maybe we are. We haven't got to the, we haven't got to the A's yet, Ryan. Oh, yeah. We're, We're going, going backwards. backwards. Restoration Specialist. A 2-1 for 2, you pay white and sacrifice it, return up to up to one target artifact card and up to one target enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. I like that card. Yes. This, this is a new one to me. I like it. I think I'm going to start playing it. I'm going to go and buy some, and I'm going to play them. It's a good one. I like that. Nyx Weaver. A 2-3 Reacher for green, black, one. At the beginning of your upkeep, you put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. You can play green, black, one, exile it to return a card from your graveyard to your hand neat we have to keep in mind cards that are double color like that will help us with happily ever after yes right because we've got two colors there if we've got happily ever after is white we just need red and blue and then we have that five color condition met yes i mean i guess it doesn't really count with happily ever after which is an enchantment but the nyx weaver is also an enchantment yes that's a that's a thing it works with I don't oh, know. The, yeah, that's actually good, too, yeah. yeah. You can get it with Restoration Specialist if you want. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got Momentary Blink. That just blinks something and it flashbacks for blue and more mana. Yes. Holistic Wisdom. I like this one, too. Ooh, an Odyssey Special. Enchantment, green, green, one. I think this might be a hidden gem. Two, exile a card from your hand, return target card from your graveyard to your hand if they're share a type. That's a cool card. That's yeah. another one. I'm going to pick that up too. I'm learning stuff in this deck. There are cards that I really like that I didn't know existed, and this is one of them. Hey, knowledge. Good vibe of the week. Absolutely. Continuing education. Never stop learning. Yeah, I like that. you got a Felidar Guardian. Enters a battlefield and just insta-blink something, right? One four for four. I bet you we can find some way to combo with that. And even Oh, we forgot to say, this is Brian Todd's deck. Patron Brian Todd sent, sent this in. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, very much so. I bet you you don't know that you have a combo with Felidar Guardian in here. But we're going to do you our best probably, to find it for you. Yeah, you probably do. Uh, we got an Eternal Witness. Get something back. Dance of the Many. Dance of the Many. That. You have to pay blue-blue during your upkeep or you sacrifice it. Yep. So you have to pay for it every turn. It's, it's, it's blue-blue. just got an upkeep cost, right? Yep. When you cast it, choose target creature card, and you make a token copy of it. That's kind of the gist of it, right? It's an enchantment clone for two mana that you have to continually continually pay for. Yes. Okay. It's it's kind of neat. It's a cool card. And, and it's an enchantment. Yes. Which is of note with Happily Ever After. And it's blue. Also of note. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also blue, we have the Archaeomancer you're talking about. There it is. A one, two, get something back from your graveyard for, for four. We have the Antichrist. That also says Anarchist. It kind of oh. looks like Antichrist, but Human Wizard, two, two, for five. When it enters the battlefield, return a sorcery card. Instant. When it enters the battlefield, return a sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Why doesn't it get an instant? It is... Why doesn't that get an instant too? If it was printed now, it probably would because red does the instant and sorcery thing. I don't know. You know what? It was part of a cycle originally printed in Tempest with Gravedigger and oh yeah, Anarchist and the Cartographer got a land back. That was the green one. Oh, I'm struggling to think of the white one and the... The white one probably got an enchantment and the blue one probably got an instant. Uh, yeah, Oromancer was the white one and the blue one... Shit, what was it? It's going to haunt me. It'll haunt you forever. We'll yeah. think of it and we'll get back to you on the bonus show if we think of it. Yeah. Unless we forget. We'll probably forget. All right, so that's our do it again. What are we going to do again? We could graveyard draw. We're going to put things in the graveyard and draw cards, you mean? Yes. That That's crazy. Let's, let's see how we do that, Ryan. Sure. We could do it with something like a windfall. A windfall. That is a blue sorcery, blue two. Each player discards their hand and then draws cards equal to the greatest amount discarded this way. Sick. Yeah, that one, there's always somebody that's got five or six cards in their hand. Usually, yeah. yeah. Like when you have the one guy that's got the reliquary tower and he's just sitting there. 
hand. I got 25 cards in my hand. And they're doing a thing. You windfall them, and then everybody's got 22 cards in their yeah, hand. Yeah. You know what I d dislike about that, though, is everybody who didn't have 22 cards in their hand, uh, all of the regular stuff, blah, blah, blah. But the cynical side of me is like, oh, fuck. Now I'm going to have to wait for everybody to choose their seven cards. Like, nobody planned to have that many cards in their hand. So it totally changes what they're prioritizing to keep. Yeah. So I guess just know thy deck, right? And just discard all the shit that you know is no good. Yeah, exactly. But I only play good cards. Play bad cards. You have to play worse cards, It dude. makes it easier. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> uh, same kind of idea. We've got a Wheel of Fortune. What? Look at that price tag. That card spiked hard. Yeah, I, I'm very happy that I just got mine a little while ago. I have... I am happy. I have a, fo or I have a foil German one. No, I have a black-bordered German one. I don't know if I have a white-bordered one. I, I hope have, that I do, though. I have a white-bordered one. That's that's what mine is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that really what they're worth now? It's not really. No, that can't No, be. that is what that website is selling them for. Okay. The market price on them is, is lower. Yeah, like I... Wow, if that's the real thing. But anyway, it's Wheel of Fortune. Everybody discards their hands and draws seven cards. Uh, Reforge the Soul also does that, I believe. Yes, Except but you can miracle it for two or it costs five. Correct. Uh, the next one is Underrealm Lich. It's a 4-3 zombie elf shaman for five. Two colors, of course. If you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library, then put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. This card is Awesome. It also has pay for life and it's indestructible into end of turn slash tap it, which is pay for life regenerate. Yeah. Yeah. This this card is awesome. If you've never played with Underrealm Lich, just do it once. You will never cut it again and you will buy more for your other decks. That card is very, very powerful on several levels. It lets you pick three cards whenever you are going to draw one. And then it allows you to not draw it, just put it into your hand. So if you take damage for drawing from Nekuzar, or something says you can't draw, or you skip a second draw in your turn, or something happens like a smothering tithe, yeah, triggers when I draw, this makes me not draw, just put it into my hand. And if you're playing the Golgari colors, you're probably going to be taking advantage of the second hand, which is the graveyard, so you're basically just drawing three anyway. This card is unreal. And you're putting it into your graveyard. Yeah, with yeah. Happily Ever After. Yeah. Yes, this card is powerful. It's very good. Uh, we got a Tolarian Wind. Discard your hand, then draw that many cards. I have a Tamio Collector of Tales. Yeah, I just, it's got a static and then something and then something about returning all the enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield. I opened one of these on Arena, which isn't a big deal, but I, I don't play it because I don't understand how it works. I do understand how it works. I just don't know how I'd make it work in the deck that I'd played. And it's green, blue, two. The static ability of spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to discard cards or sack permanence. It has minus three return target card from your graveyard to your hand. And plus one is choose a non-land card name, then reveal the top card of your library. Put all the cards with it. Or the top four cards, and if you nah, name the card. Fuck. It's too much shit. It's ridiculous. It gets something back from your graveyard. That's it gets it something does. back from your graveyard. Okay. And if you have top deck mani manipulation, you can then draw an extra card. Oh, okay. That's what it does. How about Tygam Sadisi's hand? Oh, yeah. Whenever I see that first line of text, right? Skip your draw step, baby. Yeah. So this is a legendary creature for black, blue, three, three, four. Skip your draw step at the beginning of your upkeep. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them back into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Sick. So that's kind of like Underrealm Lich. That's kind of like... Tamio. It also is black tap exile X cards from your graveyard target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn. You can delve things to death. That's cool. Delve to death. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Stitcher supplier. When it enters the battlefield or dies, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. Splendid wreck. Gets all your land back. Seder wayfinder. Enters the battlefield. Look at the top four. Put a land card into your hand. Put the rest into the yard. Oath of Jace. Legendary enchantment of note. Should, sure. These custom categories, we should say, have, you know, creatures, spells, planeswalkers, all different kinds of permanent types, which is, again, it's important. Yes, they're they're sorted by effect more than type. Yeah, does it, do you do that when you build decks? No. No, you sort them by curve still? Yeah. Or I do sort you sort them by type? No, I sort them by curve. Curve. Yeah. But then within that curve, do you set, like, all your removals, like, in... No, like, no, no. I arrange them by how hard is this to cast at this curve. Like Sol Ring at one is the easiest thing because mm -hmm. any mana will pay for the Sol Ring, and then 
if I have something at four that's like green, green, blue, blue, that would be like the top of the thing of four. Oh, and the, yeah. the top of the thing at four, and as you move like closer to your body, if they're laid out on a table, the closer it is to you, the easier it is to cast. Yep. That might help you make cuts like, oh, this is hard to cast, and I have a similar effect lower down at this point in the curve. Exactly. Cut it. Exactly. Okay. It's exactly how it works. Okay. Okay, Oath of Jace, when it enters a battlefield, draw three cards, then discard two. So that's like brainstorm, but you don't lock yourself. That's like brainstorm, <laughs> but better in this deck. Yes. Okay. And slower and three times the mana. So I don't think it's fair to say it's It's, better, it's better barely than... comparable. <laughs> okay. At, at the beginning of your upkeep, scry X, where X is the number of planeswalkers you control. So uh, it could be one. I yeah. Think, I think we're playing one. Cut it. Yeah, I'd cut that for something else. Magus of the Bazaar. Tap it, draw two, then discard three. Bizarro Baghdad. We also have that wizard guy, Bizarre Trade Mage. He does the same thing, but just when he comes into play. Hey, two weeks in a row we played those cards. I know. Weird. We didn't mean to do that. Yeah, that's... Just... There's another one that we played two weeks in a row in this deck, too. Also didn't mean to do that. It's like, CCO Nation, be more creative. <laughs> yeah, this is on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got uh, Heartwarming Redemption. Ooh, discard all cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. You gain life equal to the number of cards in your hand. That is when the spell resolves. When it finishes resolving and you have all the cards back in your hand, how many cards is that? And that is for white, red, two. That's appropriately cast costed. Hey, it's like Wheel of Fortune for the number of cards that you have in your hand because you draw the, this card back essentially and then it's got white so you gain that life, which yeah. is important for Happily Ever After because we need more life than our starting total. Yeah. Okay. How about Forgotten Creation? I don't know what this card does. This is from Eldritch Moon. It's got Skulk. Not to be confused with Slink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 3-3 zombie horror for blue three... At the beginning of your upkeep, you may discard all cards in your hand. If you do, draw that many cards. Jesus, Talarian wins over and over again. I like that card. That's pretty cool. That is That card is something that I want to be doing. And it's a really neat picture, too. It's like a horse with a tree root growing out of its ass, standing in some mist. The picture is literally what you... The actual picture is what you would say the picture is if you didn't have your glasses on. Yes. Yes, <laughs> like how you, you describe things without your glasses. It's like, oh, no, actually, Brando, put your glasses on. That's what the picture is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, neat. Uh, we got a Forbidden Alchemy. Look at the top four. Put one in your hand, the rest into your graveyard, and then flashbacks for seven. Eidolon of Blossoms. Enters a battlefield. No, when it or another enchantment enters a battlefield under your control, draw a card. Last one is Attunement. Attunement. I haven't seen this in thousands of years. Enchantment of note, blue two, Urza Saga. Ooh. Yeah. So you know it's going to be good. Return attunement to its owner's hand, draw three cards, then choose and discard four cards. <laughs> 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 I love that. I love that it's, it's like fill my second hand and my first hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm digging it. I like that lots. So there's the graveyard draw section. We, I don't know, we're, we're talking about getting stuff back from Grid, so we go into the reanimate section, and we'll get into what we're reanimating. Sure. Uh, we'll start with Victimize. Victimize. Choose two target creature in your graveyard. Sacrifice a creature if you do return the chosen cards to the battlefield tapped. That card always blows my mind. Every time we read that, it's an uncommon, it costs a couple of bucks, and it just, it trades a plant token for the two best creatures in your deck, probably. Yes, it should be noted that you are targeting the creatures in your graveyard, not the creature on the battlefield. That's relevant more than you think. People are like, people try to, you know, kill your board in response or kill your creature in response or whatever. They have to target the things in your graveyard. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Ryan Special, we have a Twilight's Call. This is the other one we played last week by yeah. accident. Gets all your creatures or all creatures in all graveyards back on the battlefield for six or you can flash it for eight. How about Starfield of Nyx? This is a five mana. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may return a card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So there's the reanimate. But it also has, as long as you control five or more enchantments. So this is like enchantment craft. Yes. Metal craft for enchantments. Okay. Non-aura enchantments you control are creatures with power and toughness equal to their CMC. That's cool. Yes. It's like opalescence, except 
reanimate, but it costs more mana. But it's easier to cast because it's only got one white pip. Mm. I'd play it. Yeah, I like fine. it. I think it's cool. And it's got a cool picture on it too, so I'm digging yeah, it. Yeah, O'Brien wants to pay the $9 for Starfield of Nyx instead of like the $30 that Opalescence is. Yes. Plus this reanimates, which can get our happily ever after back from our graveyard if somebody destroys it. Very cool. Also, do you think he's really de- uh, budget conscious though? He does have a Wheel of Fortune and a Replenish. <sighs> yeah. There's lots of expensive cards in this deck. I don't think that the budget is of concern. I think that you're playing Starfield of Nyx to reanimate your Happily Ever After when it dies. Yes, to and give it will. you another crack at going around the table to make it back to your up. Yes. Yeah. We're playing Replenish and Open the Vaults. That gets all art. Well, Replenish is all enchantments, and Open the Vaults is artifacts, enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield. And Replenish is just for us, but Open the Vaults is for everybody. Yes. It's funny. Replenish, better, almost in every single way, for less fucking mana. (laughs) And they were like, ooh, that's like one of the best white cards ever printed. Let's do it again. Because, you know. Yeah, we'll just make it symmetrical. It'll be fine. Yeah, and make it cost more mana. (laughs) It's like, ooh, no, you just gave us Replenish (laughs) 2. We have a Muldroth of the Gravetide. Let's have one permanent of each type from our graveyard during each turn. That's one creature, one artifact, one enchantment, one land each turn. Very cool. Uh, Hannah's Ship's Navigator. This this is the Tyrese Nielsen Hannah, too. Yeah. This is a 1-2 human artificer for blue, white, one. You can play blue, white, one, tap it, return target, artifact, or enchantment. There it is. From our graveyard to our hand. She's a stacks commander, hey? You ever play her? You ever play against her? No. Oof. Yeah, because you sacrifice stuff, but we can get our stuff back. She's like the parody breaker in the command zone. Oh. Yeah, to your smokestack. Proper. Ooh. There it is. All right. Uh, everybody's, don't, don't do that. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> going to regret that Ryan told me that. Uh, we've got a Hall of Heliod's Generosity. This is your stack's parody breaker, too. She does the same thing as Hannah does. Legendary land taps for colorless or white one put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. Gets my stacks pieces back. I yes. play that one. Gets it resets your smokestacks. <laughs> it does. We got a... Uh, Who wants to read their smokestacks? I do sometimes. You get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> not how it works. Sometimes people kill it, Ryan, and I have to reset it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's only for enchantments, though, to be fair. It gets my blood moon. It gets oh, me yeah, my... Oh, yeah, that's right. Back to basics. Yep. Gets me all that good stuff. Yep, 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 yep. Um, last one we have a I like the name of this card I don't know what a manse is but they're dancing in Dance of the Manse I assume that it's I'm not googling it no you that right now no I'm not googling anything that has the first three letters M-A-N in it nope. because there's going to be a bunch of them yeah and one of somebody else and just that's nope. not yeah. into I'm not into that no nope, not my thing okay well Dance of the Manse is blue white X for a sorcery return up to X target artifact and or non aura enchantments cards each with converted mana cost extra less from the graveyard to the battlefield if X is fucking I'm reading legal <laughs> jargon yeah you get a whole bunch of artifacts and enchantments back and if X is six or more they all get they're all four fours four fours yeah so it's it's cool Jeez, I just ah. Yeah, well, write things the way we say them. Return X artifacts or enchantments from your graveyard to play. If X was six, if they write four things fours. the way that we say them, we get things like replenish. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. They tried it and it didn't work. Yeah, we get things like Talarian Academy. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, although they did reprint Talarian Academy, to be fair. Oh yeah, but on the back of another card with a bunch of rider text. This card is so much worse. That, oh, and Gaius Cradle too. This card is so much worse. You have to meet this other condition and turn it into some fucking other card. <laughs> yeah, bunch uh, of bunch of riders there. I think. All right, we'll do uh, the hate section. Real short. Let's do that. Yeah, because he he hates the graveyard, so he plays a Bajuka Bog. Yes, that it's a land of Exiles Graveyards. He hates uh, Gaia's Cradles, so he plays Field of Ruin. That destroys target non-basic land for each opponent, right? Just one. Oh. Okay, then they just get a basic. Yeah, it's, field- like, it's like Path to Exile for a land, right? This land, this should 100% be a Wasteland, unless I'm missing something. Or a Strip Mine. Or a Strip Mine. It, does, he, does, he, does he have one? It would be in this section, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would assume it would be here. and I, There isn't one in the land section, so... Get a strip mine, take field of ruin, put field of ruin somewhere else, not in this deck, and then play play strip mine. Yeah, strip mine, not not wasteland. Yeah, wasteland costs too much. I think strip mine might actually be more money now. Really? Yeah, strip mine's expensive. 
You know what? I guess Legacy has changed lots, so maybe Wastelands aren't as... Yeah, Legacy has changed lots to those four-color just piles because um, our our Custer Lab. Yeah. Yeah, and Oko. Yeah. Yeah. So that's changed Legacy quite... And Renin 6. Oh, no, it's got banned. Yeah, Renin 6 got banned. But... um, and and commander's a thing now, and strip mining commander's just better because yeah. I can get like whatever color you're on, <laughs> and and take you off of it because I'm an <laughs> asshole by getting like your one mountain. Ooh. Yeah, welcome to commander where strip mines is better than wasteland and legacy doesn't give a shit about either of them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the last hate, the last graveyard hater we have is Farika, Farika, Fariki Farika. Yeah, God affliction. This is a five five enchantment. Creature, important, right? Yep. For black, green, one, indestructible, devotion to seven, black or green, or else you ain't a creature. Black, green, exile target creature card from a graveyard. Its owner puts a 1-1 one, one snake onto the battlefield. You know what just occurred to me? What's we that? did the Farika and Amori list a few weeks ago. I don't even think we read a Farika. We didn't even read her on the show. We just read Amori. Freak is bad, but yeah, she's not very good for five mana. She does let us sell a creature from a graveyard, right? You you cast her and then you pay two, so that's five total. She lets us exile a thing, give him a snake. Who cares? The snake has death touch, it does one ones with death touch that your opponent paid really nothing to get. If we destroy scary, if, if we destroy something that costs more than five mana, we've templed them, which is good. Well, you don't just you take it out of their graveyard. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're not. So we already have had to have killed it. Yeah, you've already killed the thing. So like, I don't, I don't think she's very good, except for the picture, which is awesome. I'm sure that she has application, as all cards have applications. And but. and like this one is an enchantment and a creature, so it does count if it's in our graveyard, but it's indestructible. <laughs> yeah, and it's green and it's black, so I I can see why. It's Happ- here, but- Happily ever after is card types. On the battlefield and the graveyard, right? Yeah. Okay, so this would count for two different card types, and it can exile graveyards. So we have to be okay with that, right? Yes, we do. Because it's, it's a fine card, I guess. It's yeah. good. And if you, maybe if you have the devotion, which you may or may not, you can block with it too. Why yeah. Not? Okay. Well, let's move on to let's move on to tricks, because we've got some tricksy stuff, and then we can round things out with like the, the removal and the, the artifacts. We can touch on the mana base a little bit, because Golos does allow us to run sort of a little bit looser of a mana base as to not cost uh, us a second uh, yeah second mortgage right all right for tricksy stuff we have ley line of anticipation that can start the start in play if you have it in your opener fine it gives all your shit flash how about god i hate this card yeah gusta's scepter oh i just hate everything about it yeah except it's an old border artifact it's a card that probably most people haven't heard of. Yes. Which is neat. So this is from Alliances. So you know it's good. Yeah. It's a zero mana artifact. So you know it's good. So people who people who play Cheerios decks and stuff maybe know this. Breas and Srams and whoever else, right? Yeah. If it leaves the battlefield or you lose control of it, put all cards under Guth's scepter into your graveyard. Okay, so there's that's not really a that's not what it for does, yeah. Put any card from your hand face down under Gustha's Scepter, and you can look at it any time. It's a face-down exiled card, essentially, so we can look at it, but but our opponents can't. Yeah, so you can you tap it, you take a card from your hand, put it under Gustha's Scepter. There you go. Okay, and we can tap it to return any card under the Scepter to our hand. So it hides a card in our hand. Yeah, if you're playing something with like hand disruption, you could put your Happily Ever After under there. Yes, you put your happily ever after under there, and then you wheel a fortune. Yeah. You draw your seven, and then you tap the scepter to get your thing back. Dang. And there isn't a whole ton of consequence to this getting destroyed because the thing we exiled with it goes to our graveyard. Yeah, and we'll just get it back with the 47 things that get things back y- from our graveyard. Y- you, know what, you know what is extra tricky about this is we might have a spell that destroys artifacts, but because we're playing five color, we might not have any white. Ah, mind you, all of our artifact reanimation has white in it. I was going to say, we can get the happily ever after into our graveyard, then reanimate it. Can we reanimate it at instant speed with anything? So we can get it at the end of player four's turn we, by getting it into our graveyard by destroying our own guts of scepter. We have a lay of anticipation and a replenish. Replenish That'll- is a sorcery. Not with Leyline of Anticipation, it's not. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I think we're making this way harder than it needs to be. <laughs> we hide the happily ever after under the scepter. Yes. Yeah, okay. Gift of Doom. Gift of Doom. This is a cool card. This is a cool card, and I don't think we ever played it. It's a five-mana aura. Enchanted creature has death touch and indestructible. Ooh. Okay, so that's actually a really good combination. Yeah. It's a removal combination. Mm-hmm. Or a get-your-attacker-in combination, right? <laughs> but it's got morph. An enchantment with morph, so we can cast it face down as a 2 2 three, and to morph it, we sacrifice a different creature. And it flips face up, and when it's turned face up, you attach it to a creature. Yeah. That's a cool card. I like that. That's that's really neat. Yeah. And last one in the Trixie section, we have an Alchemist Refuge. This is a land that lets us cast stuff at flash speed. Oh, that's a way to get our... Yeah, there you, there you, there's your Replenish thing again. Yeah. It, it, two or, time. Or it lets us cast Happily Ever After at the end of player four's turn. That's yeah, you, even better. You go blue, green, tap it, and then tap three more. So six mana for a Happily Ever After at the end of player four's turn. Get wrecked. Yeah. All right, let's move into the combo pieces. Sure. These are the things that are going to essentially give us the instant win with Happily Ever After. Okay, we'll do a quick bundle Sure. with Chromanticore, Genju of the Realm, and Transguild Courier. Those are all permanents that are five colors. Transguild Courier of note is from Dissension. It's a 3-3 for four generic, but its ability is gives it all five colors. Yeah, it's all five colors, even though it costs you four. Yeah, it's like a mailman that is trans-guild. Yeah, you do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's a cool card. Cool flavor on that card. I like that one, too. Yeah. No fusion elemental, hey? 7-7 seven, seven for Wooburg? Where's it at? That was the other card I was thinking of, why it isn't in here. Maybe it just doesn't give you the, the versatility. It's just a 7-7. Seven, seven, yeah, Chromantic Core is a fl- flyer with a bunch of abilities. Genju the Realm makes a land. It's an enchant land that makes the land an 8-12 which is cool. The other combo pieces, of course, are Nylea's Colossus. It's got Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield, you double its power or double target creature's power and toughness. Yeah, we played that recently as well. I play that in my Estra deck. Essentially, if you replenish, this will kill somebody. Yes. Yes. You just wait till somebody leaves an opening and you replenish. And if you get it with the replenish, we also have a Cyclops of Eternal Fury, which gives it haste. Yes. And is an enchantment. And that's why that's in there. We were like, why is this in here? What combo? What is this? This is also an enchantment that if you discarded your Nylea's Colossus and your Cyclops of Eternal Fury, you can replenish, get all your enchantments back. You double and double and double like 6, 12, 24, 48, right? Yeah. 96. Yeah, I guess. You know. Yep. That's going to kill somebody. Just by itself, like just those two, if you were to victimize them, that would be 24 damage. Yeah, because it's a 6-6. Six, six. It triggers itself when it enters. Yep. So it goes to 12-12, and then the the Cyclops would make it go to 24, yeah. Yeah, and then you have another one that comes into play, and you somebody dies now. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah, a, that's all madness. you have to do is cast one more enchantment, and we've got some cheapies in the removal section we'll talk about in a sec. Yes, and then we have Happily Ever After. We talked about that one already. We've also got a Verdant Sun's Avatar and a Tristani Celestia's voice. I think that they're there basically to do the same thing as well. Yeah, and Tristani life gains, right? It's important that we do have life total higher than our starting life total for Happily Ever After, right? And both of those are going to block i guess they have five toughness but tristani is gonna whenever another creature enters the battlefield under our control we gain life equal to that creature's toughness same thing with verdant sun's avatar okay yeah that's that's what they do and the last combo piece is a scroll rack yeah it lets you just take cards from your hand and put them organize them on the top of your library you just switch top of library and hand is this on the reserve list it might because if it's not it should be in commander legends because that card needs a reprint that card does exist in a foil from from the vault relics but i know that there was a couple cards that were reserve list that did get foil printings before they had that clause in the yeah mox diamond was one of them karn silver golem was one of them i don't remember what the last one was but it was also in from the vault relics or something right sure yeah and, and I, scroll rack isn't on the reserve list because it was an invention a kaladesh yeah, one right yeah it was in kaladesh yes i remember that i was in a draft where somebody opened one and then he wouldn't trade it to me oh darn it but yeah this card is a card that i think way more people should be playing and should have access to but it's just prohibitively expensive 
and just that's not cool. But if you have one, definitely rock it. You know what? Hot take? Medium take. Sure. I think it's overrated. You think it's overrated? Yeah. I don't think hiding cards and organizing the top of your deck with the cards in your hand is that important because in normal games of Commander, this deck notwithstanding, discard isn't played. You don't run into Wheel of Fortunes and Windfalls so often. And even if you do, like the one mana to hide the card that I want to keep, like... I, I don't know if it's that good. I don't know if one single card in our deck is that powerful if our deck is constructed in a based on sound principles. I just don't think it's that good. I think that's fair. Yeah. And that's another reason why the card shouldn't cost that much money. Agreed. Yeah. It'd, it'd be a great $5 card. Ooh, I like $5 scroll racks. Right? That's There it is. But then everybody fucking play it, and it would take forever like top. Also not a $5 card, so <laughs> I don't know. All right, speaking of top, it's an artifact, it's a staple, and so are a lot of the artifacts in this deck, all of which are ramp, and they are Sol Ring, Mindstone, Hedron Archive, and Commander Sphere. They're all ramp, some of them also draws cards. There we go. Let's okay. go on to the removal section. Yes, there are ten of them. Of note, five of them are enchantments. Yes. And, oh, and one of them is a creature? Uh, Doomwake Giant. And Archfiend of Ifnir. Those are... Those trigger on discard for Archfiend. They give minus one based on discard, which is very powerful in this deck. And Doomwake Giant gives minuses based on enchantments entering the battlefield. It's got Constellation. Yes. Both of those are exceptionally powerful cards when used in the correct decks. This is one of the correct decks for it. Yeah, and a 5-5 five, five Flyer is, is Archfiend, right? 5-4. Five, 5-4 four. Five, four Flyer. So he does block. Fine. And Doomwake Giant is a 4-6. I just want to lean back into that blocking thing to preserve life total, especially because we are playing a, a fairly stout reanimation package. We could get these back. Yes. That Archfiend's got cycling too, so we could cycle it relatively early if we know that we have a, a mid-game like mass reanimate like that Twilight's Call. Yeah. 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 Or or if we've got like the, the Eternal Witness or whatever, we could get that back if we wanted to draw a card. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then we've got, like, Sphere of Safety to help pad the life total. We've got Fiend Hunter and Winds of Abandon and Crib Swap and Elephant Grass. Those are all just various card types that are going to do the removal thing for yeah, us. We're going to get things out of the way, stop things from coming our way. They're just, it's a standard kind of removal package. Yeah. It, not, to, not to underplay the goodness of it, but it's just for the sake of time. You know, what, you know what I like about it is... It's got a bunch of things that we recognize, but they're they're sprinkled in there. Like this one's an art or this one's an enchantment. This one's an instant. This one's a sorcery. This one's a creature, and that's all going to help the happily ever after win con. Yes. Yeah. I like that lots. Okay. Just quickly because we said we would the mana base for this deck. Remember, Golos finds any land. Yes. Puts it onto the battlefield tapped. So we aren't seeing original duels. We aren't seeing every single fetch land. Right. Right. We're seeing the Battle for Zendikar dual lands. What are those called? Do they tang do they tango lands? The ones we need two or more basic Basics. lands for them to come into play untapped. And they have land types, so you can find them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing the Fabled Passage, which is kind of the same thing. It's just a slower fetch land for anything. Yep. Right? We're seeing Bad River and its ilk. Those are the Mirage comes into play slow. The, the, tap lands the super slow the super slow fetches yeah yeah they enter the battlefield tapped and they put a basic of allied color pairs onto the battlefield they don't have to be basics you can get anything with them islander swamp card yeah that is bad river islander swamp so you could get a dual land with them you put it onto the battlefield yep but the fetch land itself enters the battlefield tapped correct which people are super soft on etb tapped lands right now you know what in a deck like this We'll talk, maybe we'll move into strengths and weaknesses. In a deck like this, this deck is looking to play the long game. And I think if you're looking to pad your life total, block, gain life, play that long game, you can afford to have lands enter the battlefield tapped. Agreed. Like, this isn't a 10 out of 10 hyper-competitive deck. And I think unless you're... you got to get that don't play top lands out of your brain a little bit. Because I think it... it it incentivizes you to play that low-to-the-ground, more CEDH style of gameplay that takes you away from some of the more casual kind of fun stuff. Like, don't force yourself into this box of having to play this 
super hyper tuned land suite. Yeah, there's there's a fast. there's a spectrum right between like casual and CEDH, right? It's it's too bad that the both fucking things are still CEDH, like casual EDH versus competitive EDH. Yeah, casual and CEDH, right? And the more you tune your mana base with the expensive duels and fetches and and a tuned mana base, right? the the more expensive it gets or the the ability it gives you to play like the Dovin's vetoes instead of the blue one counter spells right and you're you're hedging towards the CEDH side which is fine like we're not saying that's bad but like you said yeah, yeah like don't, you don't make you such don't a need big to, yeah like don't play 10 gain lands cuz that's too slow and gain lands aren't very good don't play 20 guild gates cuz your land base isn't going to work but if you're going to throw in five or six or even seven or eight tapped lands, it's fine. Your deck yeah. isn't going to not run. Sometimes you're going to have shitty opening hands where all your lands are tapped, but that isn't going to happen very often. So just play them because you have them. You know, exactly. Play what you have, right? You, yeah. know what I, you know what I think would be a good include in this is the the Triome lands. You know what you could definitely cut for any one of the Triome lands is this fucking Crows and Verge. Cut that card immediately. I hate that card. <laughs> I like how you're just like super... Super promoting, like just regular, affordable yeah. lands. <laughs> Except <laughs> Crows and Verge. on that one. Except Crows and Verge <laughs> and Temple of the False God. Just get rid of those. There's no Temple in this deck, is there? No. No, that's but fine. I'm just like he might have been thinking about. It. He might have thought, you know, he said cut Crows and Verge, and I'll put in this Temple of the False God. No. No. You know what I do like to see in this deck? I like to see Reflecting Pool and Exotic Orchard. I like yeah. those five color conditional lands. You could also put in a. You probably don't want a City of Brass or Mana Confluence in this deck because it dings you, right? It makes your life total go down. You want your life total to stay high. There's also just of note a Sarah Sanctum. In the budget section, like, you could cut one expensive card from each of these categories and you could cut the price of this deck in half. Sarah Sanctum is like 130 bucks, yeah. right? Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune was like... A hundred and some dollars. Listed on this, when we were talking about it earlier, it's listed on Architect right now at 650 bucks. Yeah. So that's gonna that's counting hard into the budget of the deck because I don't yeah. think those are seven hundred dollars, are they? No, it's like a hundred and some. Yeah, like so hundred hundred and some wheel, hundred and some Sarah Sanctum. That's like two hundred fifty bucks right there. Fifty bucks on the replenish. Yeah. There's some there's some expensive stuff in here for sure. Yeah. And replenish is best in class version. Oh, the fucking scroll rack that I think is overrated yes. is almost ninety dollars. Yeah, it's eighty five bucks. Like there's lots of places you could cut budget and not. With the exception of the Replenish, I guess, you wouldn't lose a ton of power. Because I think that the deck does lose something without the Replenish. Yeah. Yeah, we're running enough draw and discard stuff. Like, we could play another Windfall effect like Jace's Archivist in place of the Wheel of Fortune. Right? Yeah. Just something and not lose a whole ton. Yeah. And again, especially based on the length of game this deck wants to play. Yeah. The faster you want to go when you when you remove a best in class card, it affects it greater. Like we always say Zada is such a tight list, right? Because it wants to go faster than every other deck, right? So when I cut a wheel of fortune, like that makes a big difference. But if I've got 15 turns to do the same thing, win the game, any one card is going to affect the playability of the deck a lot less. Yes. So I don't know, strengths and weaknesses. Affordable mana base, I do like that. I do too. Especially for five color, and Golos helps that, so that's great. Has some powerful cards that gives you multiple ways to win, right? Yes, it can win by beating face, it can win by comboing out. It's cool. It wins with the Starfield and Nyx, multiple enchantments, right? Yep. Okay. This is the best strength. Allows you to win with bad cards. <laughs> <laughs> that Cyclops of the Eternal Fury. is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's a stinker. Oh, man. But, but here it is. Happily, a home. happily Ever After, worst version of a banned card. Yeah. Love like, it. Oh, and Happily Ever After is a shitty card. But this deck makes it work, and that's awesome. Yeah, that is that is just awesome. And maybe maybe it's a strength, maybe it's a weakness. You can port it in between the two categories. Super janky, like yeah, and, and again, it just plays into the bad cards. Yeah, thing, right? it's janky in a good way. It's janky in the best possible way. Yeah, I don't. I, I want to leave it um janky at the best possible way. I actually like that. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's just put her there. Okay, final section, spice. Calculator Spice. I'm pumped for this one because nobody plays happily ever after. Oh, no. Or no. the things that enable it. So I this is going to be awesome. We were doing the calculation and we were we were commenting on how many things like ultimatums are already in Golos decks. Like, 
because so many people are building with those, and Gol- Golos is the number one commander on EDH Rec 5 color page. Yep, he is right above the Ur-Dragon and Joda Archmage Eternal. There it is, and Najila. Najila. Yeah. Did you see that thing on Twitter where there was like Najila came out in uh, Battle Bond or whatever, and Sisek, Weatherlight Captain, was the five color one that came out the in... The following year. Yeah, do you think they're going to do another one in uh, either of the upcoming premium sets? I said there's going to be a green one that's going to do something ridiculous. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't release him in Wooburg order, hey? Sissé <laughs> first, and then a, yeah, and then a, a blue one. Then then a, like a Vent. It'd probably, would it be Venser? I don't know. It'd be Venser. It'd be Venser. Probably. Yeah, now yeah. Venser's already a plane. Yeah, he's he's already dead. Is he dead? Oh, zombie Venser. Oh, that's the black one. <laughs> 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 Anyways, yeah, 3,352 Golos decks on EDH. <sighs> Holy fuck, that's going to hurt you. Yeah. It's going to hurt you. So average CMC, 3.6. That's a really good place to be. In Casually. EDH. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No tutors. We've talked about this on the show. I'm going to say this is the first example that we've seen of there being enough mass draw that will count it as a tutor. Oh, yeah. I think if you have 10 cards that say draw five cards on them, you might as well have just played a tutor. Or seven in Wheel of Fortune's case. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think if you do it enough times, you're basically tutoring. You're going to find something that you need. Yeah, you know what? You you do the hypergeometric calculator calculation. It's like, okay, by turn three when I can cast my wheel, at what point, like, how many wheel effects do I need to run to 50% of the time hit another wheel, right? So it's like wheel into wheel into wheel into wheel. Oh, there's the card I need. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well have just played Demonic Tutor at that point, hypothetically. Yeah. Well, you know what? Every deck gets one if you're- And you get one and this is it. Yeah, that's it. So nobody plays this deck in Golos, right? No. So when we look at cards that match the stock Golos list on edhrec.com, we've got- 56 different cards. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) So you punch punch it all into the spice calculator. Our spice rating, Brian Todd's spice rating, 70.6. Wow. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, top of his class spicy. I I like that that one. Yeah, that's for sure. So cool list. It's a cool deck. I like it. I like being able to just lop off chunks of the budget like that giant cheese brick that the store at the lake used to have. Hell yeah. You've never been there, but you acted like you did. I've seen those before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. You have to guess the weight of it, and the winner wins like a fucking 85-pound chunk of cheese. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Little do you know it's like 900 pounds, so giving away like 30 pounds is fine. It doesn't even mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, the floor sagged where it was sitting. <laughs> so I want you to melt it onto this one individual bag of nachos. Yeah. Oh, I want to make a grilled cheese with this giant cinder block size cube of cheese. How it'll, would you melt it'll it? It'll squash the the bread flat underneath. Don't care. Does it look like I give a shit? Yeah. Just pour melted cheese all over my body. <laughs> Don't Google that. No. No. That would smell weird after a while. Definitely. You definitely get sick of the smell of cheese. People always say, "Oh, I never get sick of the smell of this, the taste of this." You fucking do. If yeah. you bathe in something that you like, like I love pudding. If you're but so I would never bathe up in that pudding. like the entire inside of your digestive tract, like from the touching the toilet water to your mouth, still eating it, is cheese, you're sick of cheese. Oh yeah, you would never eat cheese again. I've never been in that position, but I can imagine. Yeah, it's a position that you think, oh man, I want to be there. But no. Gross. No. Yeah, no. Also, cheese kind of makes it so you can't poo, so I feel like you'd that's be That's what I mean, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. you'd be on the toilet and there would be no cheese touching the toilet because yeah, you're never you, pooping again you ever. You need to plunge your face to press <laughs> more cheese down into your body. Make sure you buy a new plunger, though. You don't want to be touching your mouth to a plunger. Yeah. That'd be worse than touching my mouth to the microphone right now, even though you sanitized it. Yeah. I remember one time when I was a little kid, I used to take the plunger and I'd stick it to the wall. Yeah. And I'd try and hang on it. No. Yeah. That's, <laughs> my mom would always come and say, God damn it, Brandon, that was in the toilet. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. Yeah, now Kyla says that. God damn it, Brandon, that was in the toilet. <laughs> God damn it, Brandon, stop sticking the fucking plunger to the wall. Yeah. What's the matter with you? So, Brian Todd, spicy deck. Huge, awesome. It's very good. Oh, lopping big chunks off the budget. I love it. Yep. All of the new YouTube subs, Patreon supporters, love it. Uh, CCO Nation, best community out there. And we're not just saying that because you're our community. It's actually the best. There's there's no well actually type people. There's Maybe nobody. Evan. Yeah, besides Evan. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> there, there's nobody that like sends us stuff that is just 
completely out to left field, not what we're into. Everybody's got a good idea of where everybody else is at. You know it's what all, I mean? Yeah, it's excellent. So great community, great decks. Keep them coming. CommanderCookout at gmail.com. We are going to be doing the Arc of Good Vibes for as long as we have to. Hell yeah. We're giving stuff away. We're giving away gratitude and thanks, including the thanks for being here and the thanks that we have for our generous sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com, the Canada's biggest magic store. That's it. Is, yeah. is that the final? Is, is there? Did did I do the final thought of the day? I think it, I can put like a. I can have like a little one. Oh yeah, do a little cherry on top of my cherry. Do not Google that. Yeah, not a chance of googling that. Brian Todd, this is a great deck. It's classic commander. It's exactly where we like to live. And if you, you, yes, you listening to this right now, have a list that's anything like this, send it our way. Maybe we'll feature it on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song. <laughs> What the fuck is the blue one?